Hello and welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. We've just had the Belgian Grand Prix a few days ago and it was an absolute classic and we can expect the same this weekend at Monza. Can't we, Freddie and Adam, who joined me? We're going to be talking about all of that uh, in the, over the next hour or so. We've got the quiz as well. The quiz is, is back since Adam returned from his holidays. So it'll be Freddie versus Adam in the quiz. But first, we're going to be talking about a driver who appears, or well not literally appears, but who comes up as a talking point in every single podcast we do. It's Alex Albon. We thought we would do a good 10, 15 minutes on this season so far, what we think of him, our thoughts. I mean, I think you, everyone knows my thoughts on him already, but since I'm hosting, I'll get to ask some questions instead to Freddie and Adam. So, Adam, I'm going to ask you this as my first question. What has impressed you about Albon? so far this season? Uh, well, firstly, I'm fine. Thank you, Nigel. Um, <laughs> um, and I guess Freddie is as well. I don't know. No, we'll I'm see. not fine, but carry on. No, neither am I really. I've got a bit of a cold, so not great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not been the best season for Albon. Like, I'm willing to admit that, but I think for me it's more, I think it's worth giving him giving him the chance and I don't really see better options around for Red Bull. You don't really answer the question. Potential. Yeah, no, I have. I said there's not not been <laughs> okay. much. I think there's been there's been flashes of speed and his race his kind of racing abilities and good overtakes around the outside. He could have had um a podium at Brazil and at least a podium, probably a win considering the way he kind of overtook Hamilton pretty easily at um or looked to have got the move done. Uh, Austria won, so he has kind of shown shown flashes, but you know it's not it's not what Red Bull will have wanted by this so, stage. But I do think he's doing a lot better than Gasly had been doing. Okay. In that respect, Freddie, Freddie do you think Albon has been doing better than what Gasly did at Red Bull? Uh, I do actually. Yeah, I think there's a kind of a sort of a misconception of what the role is. Like he's not supposed to be. Over overtaking Verstappen every week, he's not supposed to be on par with his pace because Verstappen is arguably one of the best drivers in Formula One in the world. So, Red Bull have got him and they know that they market him as the best. So, they're not going to sit there and say, Well, if Albon's not matching or beating him, then you know, we should get rid of him because that's that's completely different. That's why Bottas has stayed at Mercedes for so, has stayed at Mercedes for so long because he's he's just about there with Lewis, but Lewis is the best of all time in Formula One. So, you can't ask for someone to be on a par with that and not expect it to be like a really hard thing to do and but like really hard and so with Albon and Gasly is they were a bit in deep water with this in terms of pace and they've kind of they're both at a sort of a similar level with pace but um for Albon I think he's just done a bit better in the races his ceiling seems a bit higher than Gasly's and he doesn't seem to be in quite the same sort of mental state that Gasly was. Gasly seems to be a bit like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Whereas Albon seems to be a bit more willing to try, basically, I think. And I think that's, as a, that, as a benefit, I think that's there. But like, Albon's not there to be the next Verstappen. No, no. And I think lots of people get, make sure, oh, he's qualified that far off. But like, He's qualified that far off Max Verstappen. Did they not expect him to be closer? I think it's, I think he's 
yeah, you do expect him to be a bit closer. You're right with that. But like, you sort of look at the progression of the staff in the seasons in Formula One, like out-qualified by science, um, but he was really young. And he's still getting older and still growing up with it. So like then he moved to Red Bull and he sort of took a bit of time to get on top of that. Then 2017, kind of on a par with Ricardo. Then 2018, surpassed Ricardo. If Ricardo had stayed, we don't know how far ahead Verstappen would have been of Ricardo in that year. He could just be learning at such and such a rate that um, even if Ricardo was there, we wouldn't be able to keep up now, perhaps. We don't know this kind of thing. I mean, comparing teammates in different situations is obviously a cardinal sin in Formula One. But it's it, like Verstappen is, is young. He's what, 22, going on 23 this month. So yeah. he's so young. He's still got his ceiling so much there still to learn, I think. So I think if this was the conversation maybe two or three years ago, then Alvin and Gasly would have been closer if there was the Alvin and Gasly now. I think it's mm. just, just to dive in on Verstappen quickly. I think it is interesting looking at his career progression and I guess comparing it a bit to Lewis's in that they both kind of came in or, you know, once they joined the top team, kind of obviously showed great potential but kind of whereas Lewis was probably a bit better to start with but then plateaued and went a bit off the rails at McLaren at times with the way that was going and then it was when he got to Mercedes that he kind of really was able to able to consistently lock unlock his potential and I feel like um, sorry Verstappen's got to that stage now it's kind of like you know he has he's made the jump really quickly and he's improved as Freddie said like season on season and he's I don't know I don't think he's on Hamilton's level I don't think he's better than Hamilton but I think there could be a conversation on that no, how come you don't think he's better than Hamilton um just just think Over just because Hamilton's yeah. so good yeah just because Hamilton is so consistently so good in every single area and like when I was away you were talking about it and you know like you can really think of a weakness of him and I think yeah it's just because Hamilton is so good okay. and you know Verstappen is more than 10 years younger so when Verstappen you know gets to that stage of experience in his career he could be there but I think you know to be kind of even to have be in that conversation is just incredible for Max. Some drivers have sort of different peaks, don't they? Sorry, no. Mm. Like Lewis is sort of, like you say, he's had like a he came in really fast. Um, McLaren just didn't suit him as, <coughs> as a character as he grew up. And then Mercedes was able to be like, Well, we wanna we want to race with Lewis. We don't want Lewis to race with us, say basically that was the kind of mindset, and now he's thrived. Um and he's been there to do to do that. Someone like Raikkonen or Vessel, they were really, really fast immediately and were competing for championships in pretty much their first few seasons with top teams. Um, and in Vettel's case, winning and absolutely making the most of it. And in, in later seasons, they've sort of appeared to it. Well, Raikkonen definitely has dropped off from the pace that he was. There's no saying that these drivers, no way of saying that everyone is currently better than Raikkonen was. Like if you put Giovinazzi in a 2005 McLaren, it's not like he would beat Fernando Alonso. So, like drivers do also trail off. So it's like drivers have peaks at different times in their career, but I mean, it's not really a defense. It's not like I say, let's have 20 years with the same 20 drivers, but like, that's kind of like 
it's a really, really hard thing to take into account as a, as a control of a teammate. Right. Uh, moving the conversation back onto what we was on yeah. about earlier. <laughs> this time last year, where Pierre Gasly got dropped from Red Bull, at the time, do you agree, did you both agree or disagree with Red Bull's decision to uh, demote him back to Toy Rosso? I think I, I think at the time I probably did agree with it or probably I didn't, I didn't have many reasons why I disagree with it. I didn't feel that strongly on it either way, but it kind of looked, it, it looked like the right decision, sorry, um, for where Gasly was. I think having seen Albon come in, you know, maybe they could have given him more time, maybe not but I'll come on to that later if the same happened to Albon now would you disagree with it yes because I think it's Most making the same mistake is is well it, it's partly who, who they bring back up to Red Bull I think that would be part of it but just in terms of the Albon angle I think it would it, to me it shows that they haven't really learned from the Gasly thing I think they should be taking a driver and sticking with it and there's no reason why Gasly should be that driver over Alvin in my mind so yeah I think that's and, and yeah I think that's where I'd be with it Freddie what do you think? I wrote an article around sort of before he was dropped before Hungary around sort of Silverson time last year about Gasly and Giovinazzi at the time about how they were sort of coming on song a bit and I thought they both had really difficult starts to their this this year of Formula One, but that they were getting there because Gasly had a cracking weekend at Silverstone. He um, topped a practice session, which it doesn't sound like much, but it wasn't like a practice session where it was bad for everyone else. He just was the fastest in that practice session and that kind of thing. And like that was undue confidence for him. He was dicing with the Ferraris all race and wasn't actually that far behind. In Silverstone, I kind of thought, okay, this is the confidence he needs. He's got to turn around. And I kind of thought, yeah. So clearly there's steps being able to be made. And then in Hungary, nowhere, unfortunately. Just, yeah, he just was nowhere. He just couldn't get past. He, he qualified okay, I think. Just couldn't get past Science and um, probably Raikkonen, it seems to be, all the time last year. Um, he just couldn't get past. And it was a bit like, oh, just, yeah. I think Germany that, but they were able to do it. Germany was a bit was a bit naff as well. You're right. I think that was a big race for him. Like it, it was a big race for Albon. Yeah, but also Albon's Gasly, best that, race last year, I think, yeah. was Germany. And he Never could well have a car got, in the wet. Yeah, he could well have got a podium there, but on on Gasly, it just kind of felt like that. If he'd because he went off near the end in a decent position and it kind yeah. of felt like he'd been able to make that stick. It was a decent that might position. That might have changed a bit of the narrative or given him some more time in the seat. But a, kind of, yeah, that was the final nail in the coffin, I think. It was a decent position in terms of the 20, but in terms of the 12 cars still running on the track, yeah. it was 7th or 8th anyway. So it was yeah. bottom 50%, bottom third of the field. And yeah. that wasn't amazing for him and the reason Kvyat got the podium is because Alvin was so far ahead they couldn't dare gamble a strategy yeah. um, Gasly ended up so far down because, and so did Verstappen because Rebel completely messed up their talk, talk setting to the start of the race and both of you can just look at it from 
you've got the two Mercedes and two Red Bulls. Two Mercedes just go. The Rebels just go, just gently, just don't really go. So in a back to back in a line, and Verstappen came back through the field. Obviously, was fighting the Mercs until they self-destructed, and Gasly just wasn't. And it's just like, oh, he's just not quite doing it. Alvin came in. Yes, it was Spa, but back of the grid, finished fifth. Bam, straight overtaking everyone. Round the outside at Rivage on a Renault, which is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, I think Alvin came in and did Gasly's job a fraction better. Okay. It's interesting you both think Gasly, uh, Gasly's time at Red Bull was better than Albon's now. Because I'm the opposite. I think Gasly was better at Red Bull than Albon is now. I think mainly because of qualified. I think Gasly, you know, he was a lot closer to Verstappen in qualified. I'm thinking uh, Monaco, I think he was within a couple temps and a few other areas, whereas Albon this year hasn't even qualified within, what, half a second of Verstappen at either of the seven races. And that, for me, is, a, is the big letdown because, because of his pace. But even in the races... At Spa, Albon was consistently, you know, one second slow. And yes, he wasn't on the right strategy, and and he might have had traffic. But but at other races as well, he he's consistently, you know, between seven tenths to one second slower every lap, no matter what tyres he's on, compared to Verstappen, new new or old. And that for me is a really worrying thing. And I don't see that improving any any time soon, really. And but then, yeah, oh, um, but then if he's if Gasly was kind of qualifying better and still finishing like below where Verstappen has been, you know, his, his points. I don't know their exact point scores, but their finishes have been, you know, Albon's had a lot more kind of around the the top six. Um, I'd say that's kind of reflects worse on Gasly if he's if he was qualifying all right, but then Albon's still kind of outscoring him in terms, you know, in terms of points and performances over the weekend and on Sunday. I'm going to quick look through the, the figures just now. I just went on the F1 website and um, Gasly didn't get out of, um, into Q3 even in um, the three of the first four races. Um, the one time he did, he was nine tenths off Verstappen. Looks like Spain, he was about half a second off. Monaco is four tenths off. It seems to be the anomaly that he was close as well from what I've seen just then. Um, yeah, there were early races, but it's the gap didn't close. If you go to some of them, they're just massive gaps. And it's just like, where's Gasly? Oh, he was out in Q1. Oh, okay. It's that, that kind of thing. It's a bit like the woes were there for both of them in qualifying. And where, mm. where do both of you think the Red Bull from last season to this season ranks or kind of in, in the in the grid because I think they've not really taken a step forward kind of the reason that Mercedes are so far ahead isn't kind of I don't think it's Mercedes exceptionalism I think it's more that Red Bull and obviously Ferrari haven't haven't really kept up with that so I think Red Bull is kind of closer to the midfield battle now than it was last year and it's only Verstappen's kind of exceptional talent and driving that's keeping them on the podium. There's, there's no way the Red Bull's a midfield car. It's, I think it's clearly the second best I think car. it's closer to the midfield though. In Spa, the Red Bull last year, 
in the hands of Verstappen was faster than Leclerc's qualifying time last year, I think. Um, it was quite close to the Ferrari time from the year before, which is the track record. So, wherever they, and um, the times ended up, but it was still a marked improvement on where it was last this time last year at Spa because he didn't take pole position; it was way off. Um, I know they weren't really involved in qualifying so much with one of their cars, definitely, but and one crashed out on lap one in Spa 2019. But um, as sort of a base super time the Red Bull looks faster than it was last year. But if the, the gap to Mercedes is still obviously there, so if they've made the same jump, it's just the middlemen of Ferrari aren't there, which makes Mercedes look even better than right. um, they were last year, I think. Um, I need to do a bit more data crunching for that one. But. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it, so it's a tough one. We all have different opinions on it. I think what I'd like to see is a driver swap, but not what you're thinking of. I think they should put Verstappen to Alpha Tauri to, <laughs> to see how quick the Alpha Tauri actually is, because at the moment we don't know how well Gasly is, you know, is he maximising it? And they should put Gasly back into Red Bull to use quicker out of Gasly and Albon. <laughs> That's well, what I, I do, do for, just for one race. <laughs> I, do, I do think it is kind of an issue that I still don't really think we know where the Red Bull is and kind of who how far Verstappen's outperforming it and how far Albon's underperforming car, in it. Can you? Because there's yeah, no, way, there's no, way, there's no, no way, way Verstappen has had an amazing qualifying race every time. He, he's he's going to have had a bad session at some point this year. But Albon is just not that, he's not can... near close enough that we don't even know. If Verstappen is physically performing the car. Albon technically then, not matching that, is underperforming what the car can do because it's not like Verstappen's cheating. Okay. Well, I, I guess, I mean, if you put the... Oh, it's difficult to kind of define. If you put, like, an average F1 driver in yeah. kind of where, where they'd be compared to where Verstappen is, because I think... Well, I'd, I'd use outperforming, but at least kind of getting getting everything you can, maximising the performance of the car. And, other, you know, there's not kind of other drivers up and down the grid that are doing that. If we look at Hamilton, though, you know, who's, you know, we say he's the best driver on the grid. Even he has been outqualified by Bottas and, you know, outraced some, on occasion this year. He's not, you know, been exceptional this year all the way through every single qualifying race. And the same is with Max at Red Bull as well. We just don't know. You know, we just don't see those bad sessions because he doesn't have a teammate who's close enough to capitalise on a bad session. But, but uh, don't forget... Don't forget also, Bottas is in, what, his seventh year of F1 now. He's mm. a lot more experienced and he's been with Hamilton for three years. He's kind of, I think he's a lot Bottas is arguably in the top five drivers in Formula One, definitely. To be able to be on that yeah, pace, yeah. He, he's got to be one of the top, top, top drivers. So I think there's, you know, Albon's probably not at that level. Albon's not even close though, is he? He's not even within, like I say, half a second or, or whatever. So, but then um, the, the other part of the question, if you're saying does Albon deserve his seat, it's who would deserve to have it more than him? And I don't really see... Um, none of the junior drivers have got a super licence yet. 
Um, so it'll be till the end of the season where I think Tsunoda will get or will get promoted. And Gasly, you know, he, he he's doing well this season, but he was doing well in his first Toro Rosso season, and you know, didn't wasn't anywhere near. So who who would you put in if you? If you think Albon doesn't perform his deserve his seat at Red Bull, who do you think does? Personally, if a, if a Sergio Perez, a Magnussen, or a Hulkenberg, if they were in the Red Bull, I think they would be able to match Verstappen on occasion. Really? Uh, on occasion. Yeah, on on occasion, say two or three races or two or three qualifiers out of the seven, eight, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, a third so of the far. time. Yeah, I, like a yeah, Bottas Hamilton like a relationship. I, yeah, I reckon that would be fair, you know, quite fair. Because even, you know, we talk about Ricardo how he got beat, but the last race, Ricardo of Ricardo and Verstappen as Freddie's door opens next to him. Uh, yeah, the last race in Abu Dhabi, I think Ricardo was, you know, there and there bounce with with Max in the race, from what I remember. So, you know, Ricardo never got beat like this, and I know we all rate Ricardo very highly. I was just too far away. He's just nowhere near. We're saying I don't, I don't see him. I we're don't saying see put him a Hulken, We're saying put a Hulkenberg in, but Ricardo ruins Hulkenberg's career. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he ruined it though. Well, he was because Albon beat. COVID. I think Albon beat or was very close to Hulkenberg last season in in just in his time at Toro Rosso, and the Toro Rosso was you know a slower car um, objectively, I think than. The Renault, and he was still, and Albon was next to Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg got kind of outperformed convincingly by Ricardo, and I think from a 2019 Ricardo at Renault to a 2020 Verstappen at Red Bull would be a step up again. And Hulkenberg's been out of um, he's been out of F1, and he's not kind of been apart from the races that he was at um, Racing Point before that. He'd not kind of been around F1, been looking to to get back into it. We didn't name him at all in our um, driver market um, silly season episode, I don't think. So I don't, you know, it, he's come back and done well for Racing Point is a, in a kind of two-off occurrence. But I don't think that should overshadow kind of how it felt like when he left Renault at the end of last year, that was the F1 Corinne. Not, not many people were kind of clamouring that that was wrong. Mm, I disagree with that because I think you know, jumping in straight do. in the car and matching straw, I think that's mightily impressive. I think as a well, the racing point this year is incredibly drivable. There's that, but also um, Hulkenberg. I think he's shown flashes, but he's also shown kind of just sort of moderation over his career. I think there's some bits that have been amazing, and some bits that have been a bit hmm. Which is similar to the Perez, similar to the Magnussen you raised. Um, but I think if any of those drivers go in, they'll be at a similar state to Albon. I, I, don't, I don't think they'll go in and do better. I think. I just think Verstappen. I, I don't think good. Verstappen is half a second quicker than like twelve drivers on 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 the grid. I don't. I really don't think there's that much of a difference between. Maybe in a racing point then, or something that's an easy car to drive. Yeah, but, but the thing is, Albon always... This, this, Albon, um, this Rebel's horrible to drive, they're saying. Albon has said he, he has the same problems in a similar driving style than Max. So, 
and you know over the last three races the Red Bull has looked a lot better than you know compared to Austria and Hungary so I'm not sure if those driving issues are, are still there you know to me but, so. yeah I think also well I think what I do is I just like I'd like to see Red Bull just give him confirm his drive till the end of 2021 and then we'll know for sure whether he's in or you know you can put Gasly in if you want but you know I don't really see the point of taking Alvin out putting Gasly in and just you know having to restart with that but I'd just like to see them kind of settle on Alvin for until 2021 then get Bottas when huh. Russell goes to Mercedes that's what that's my call and or if you know Alvin does come good then you know they can they can keep him on or they'll be able to make that decision but just not to just turf him out because he's not done well, you know, at the start of his career. That's the whole point. If you get dumped if you don't do well. But why? Why should it be like because that? Because you're underperforming. If you're doing so, bad, so what, you, get, you get dropped. It's like football, isn't it? If you, if you underperform for seven or eight football matches, you get put on the bench or... So should Bottas have been dropped in 2018? No, because he, he did better than people like... He was underperforming people. still. He didn't get a win. And you he know, would have that... won in Russia, and he was a lot closer to, to yeah. Hamilton than, than Albon was. He wasn't half a second away consistently at every No, race. but he was still underperforming. I don't think, I, I just think they, and especially at Red Bull, they go through drivers. I don't think, I don't see what you gain by kind of bringing in a Magnussen or a Perez or a Hulkenberg, which might be faster than Max, might not, might be faster than Albon, might not. So, and then you know, just having that for a couple of seasons where they're not going to be a long-term solution either way. Alban, you know, if you put Alban or Gasly in, sorry, I'll go to Freddie at the end. Of the yeah. If you put Alban or Gasly in and then you've got a definitive answer on them, they could be a long-term option if they come good. And if they don't come good, then you know that was it and you've, you know, exhausted your options. And at least you know for certain that that's where you stand with it. That's what I think. There's been a consensus for years that the Red Bull driver program is cutthroat and harsh and horrific to be involved in if you're a driver who's underperforming. Um, about five or six years ago, and for a good few years alongside that, the, the general consensus and discussion was that this is a horrible thing to do. People like Jean-Eric Verne and Tony Felix de Costa, who've now gone on to do fantastically well in other categories, Sebastian Buemi, uh, all these fantastic drivers, no, they just weren't there at the right time, gone, ruined their careers in Formula One. And Red Bull have kind of sort of gone with that and gone, oh, we need a sort of change of strategy. And that's why they had to do the, the, the Brendan Hartley recall, the Daniel Kvyat recall, because they were a bit like, okay, we're churning in so much that we're actually causing more mess than we are causing um, success. So for every Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel, Daniel Ricciardo, there's about three drivers that Red Bull have fired. Five or ten. <laughs> yeah. And... I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is, is a um, a sort of change of heart from Red Bull, but, or because like they're actually thinking, well, hang on a second. Rather than we're here to you know help these drivers technically, that's the role of our young driver program is to help drivers in Formula One because like we've got as much as we can out of it really probably from advertising ourselves as Red Bull. We're here now to for these drivers as well at this level. So we've got to let them do well. We've put him here. He's not done well. We've got to let him do well. That's why 
That's why Gasly's still at AlphaTauri because now he's he's doing well in AlphaTauri. So it's like that's good. Yeah. That's a success. Gasly is a is a weird case. He didn't do well at Red Bull. Albon didn't do well. Uh, isn't doing that well at Red Bull. Yes, fair enough. We can say that he hasn't got a podium. Verstappen's got a win. Yes, that's plain to see statistically. Um, they know that he's probably doing a bit better inside than Gasly was, which is their direct comparison of driver. So keep Albon for that matter. And also, he did pretty good at Toro Rosso. And who knows where he would have been this second season at Toro Rosso. Yeah. So I think the one person who should be wetting himself is Helmut Marco. Has he failed? We don't know. Uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point. I think the last thing I'll say for the final question to you about Von Albon is even throughout his junior career, uh, there's you know, you know, he wasn't you know, Gazi won F2 and did well in his junior career, but Albon, you know, he was steady, he wasn't shining compared to say Hulkenberg, who won in GP2 in 2009, even you know, Grosjean did well. So I just I don't see Albon. Yeah, I think at best Albon will be a decent midfield driver, but you know I think Norris, Sainz, Hulkenberg, Perez, Magnussen, to name you know a few drivers, I think they would do much better than what Albon is at the moment. My final question on on Albon is I think Adam, you've already answered it, is that you think he will he will be in the seat in twenty twenty one, Freddie? What do you think? Do you think? He should be in, she, uh, do you think he should have to see next year uh, at Red Bull War? I think it's a really hard one. I think they are going to be looking outside for a bit. Like I think that is sort of not going to be off their radar. Um, but it's a hard one. I think they will end up keeping him. Okay. Well, hang, going back to your... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Keep going. going back to your um, Formula 2 point, um, Albon came third in Formula 2. Yeah. to Lando Norris and George Russell. Pierre Gasly um, won with a hard-fought battle with Giovinazzi. And then the only other people I can sort of remember from that series were Sorokin and, and um, Alex Lynn, I think, in that year. And I, I just kind of think, I don't know, I'm not going to say Gasly had an easier ride of it because he still won the championship, but I am. I'm going to say Gasly had a slightly easier ride of it in GP2 than... Album would have done in Formula Two, I think. I think I think Gasly's junior so career was more impressive, personally. If you look at it on paper, obviously I, you know, I wasn't around. I wasn't watching Pierre Gasly before twenty sixteen, but you know, looking at mm. yeah, internet and stuff. It's like I, his I, third I, season in GP two or something, I think. Yeah, he had that run of like was it a ridiculous no amount of races where he didn't win? Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I think I on. What you said before about him at best being a midfield driver in the future, I think he was a good midfield driver last year in Torosso, which wasn't really a midfield team. It was a bit behind that kind of battle. So I do think there's a future in F1 for him, inside or outside the programme. Um, and also just, I don't know how much Red Bull would have to gain for changing, because... To if build you, a team, I think, because... Albon's not the driver to build a team around. But Verstappen is. They're not going to be beating. So they're not, not going to be beating Mercedes. They're not going to be beating Mercedes like this year or next year anyway. Because Verstappen, even though he's incredible, he's still at Bottas's level. He's not, you know, in terms of um, Verstappen in a Red Bull is at Bottas's level in a Mercedes. Um, so they're not going to be able to beat Mercedes either way. 
I don't think, until 2022. So I feel like that's that's why I don't think, you know, if you bring um, if you bring like a Hulkenberg or a Magnussen in next season, even if they do kind of do better than Albon kind of, you know, do perform at their ceiling, I don't really, you know, you won't get that many podiums anyway because Hamilton and Bottas and Verstappen seem to be the top three. I don't see what they have. I just don't see what they really have to gain over the next year in kind of bringing in a quick fix. So I think they should be looking longer term and finding out if Albon or Gasly is is going to be in that long-term picture. And if not, they should go out and get Bottas. I find it a strange reason, though, to say, oh, we won't be battling for the championship, so let's just stick with a driver who we all agree on is underperforming consistently. That's really... After one know, and a half seasons in F1. Not even that, because yeah. it's, what, one and a bit? Less than a half? Basically yeah, but it's still, half, under, yeah. still you know, underperforming. If you look at, you know, look at Sergio Perez's first season in F1 or Hulkenberg, they were, you know, quite good. They were... You know, occasionally beating their teammates and stuff, and they were on the pace. Oh, yeah, but Alex <laughs> Albon was occasionally Kvyat. beating his teammate Daniel Kvyat and was arguably on the pace. Yeah, but if you look at say Perez at McLaren in 2013, he was right with Button, who was a world champion in the prime of his career. You know, Verstappen isn't even at the prime of his career yet. And Albon doesn't even got close. Not, I just want him to have think, one good qualified or race. I think Verstappen now happened. is better than Button in 2013, I'd say. Oh, yeah. But I'm talking like relative compared to the compared yeah, to yeah. team. Perez was given a bad rap in 2013. We weren't around then to discuss that. Um, <laughs> so was Magnussen in 2014 and 15 and so on. But like... But neither of them were anywhere near as bad as what Albon's doing now. That's my point. Like the the bar the bar has changed. If if Gasly wasn't a thing and we we had Albon now, you know, underperforming, everyone should would be saying, Oh, he should get stats or whatever, but only because of what happened to Gasly and we all giving him a bit more uh, But then what do you call it? Sim- not sympathy, what do you Due. Yeah. Due, yeah. yeah. But then why why should Red Bull you know, why should they say why should they have to treat Albon the same as they did Gasly when I and when it, they probably didn't handle the Gasly situation as well as they could have and you know I just don't see why they should have to make the same mistake by sacking Albon I so early. I think it was a mistake. I think the mistake was you know I personally at the time this time actually, I said Kofiak should have been at Red Bull personally that's what I, at the time you know I don't know about that now but yeah, that's, that, well, those are my thoughts at the time. I feel like we're, I we're going around. Better. Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going around in circles, but kind of, I think my, just to sum up, my kind of thoughts are, I don't, you know, I don't think Albon is performing at the level that Red Bull would want. You know, I'm not going to try and argue that. I think he's doing better than Gasly did. And I feel like Red Bull would gain a lot more by thinking long-term and exhausting the Albon option and, you know, finding out definitively where they stand with him by the end of next season before looking outside the programme or before kind of changing. I think they've not, they've been too cutthroat before and I feel like they should be changing their approach a bit on that. Last question, I promise. Do you think, 
So what for this season, Adam? Do you think Albon should do? You know, for you to say he's all right, he's doing decent. He's you know he should stay. Um, I mean, getting being in the top five, top four consistently would be a start, and then you know, kind of podiums and probably podiums is the ceiling. I think. For him, and in terms of pace, how far away do you think you should be in, say, qualifying or laps in the race? Oh, that's an awful question. <laughs> yeah, that's quite quite difficult. So I'm going to pass over to Freddie to okay. answer that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, obviously you wanted to be within a few tenths. Um, ideally, on race pace is where you want that to be because qualifying pace is a bit, you know, at absolute limit is you know a hard one to judge. Um, what I will say. To, to determine that, Rebel need to put them on a normal strategy for once in their entire lives. Because rather than putting him on the mediums, say, and then them going off, <laughs> or rather than putting him on the hards in Barcelona, which don't work, or rather than putting him on like random laps in Silverstone. Lap zero on, on Silverstone. <laughs> rather than just doing random stuff with him to see if it will mm. work, just put him on the normal strategy. Don't try and be contra with him because that's then he- going to. He, he has, has had the normal mind. strategy. He hasn't had the normal strategy. Normal. Yes, he has. O- Austria no, he 2. Hasn't. Austria, Austria 2, 2 finished what was, fourth. What was not normal? What was, and how far away was he? Uh, 20 seconds. 30 seconds? I, I don't know. Okay. Oh. Well, that's 20 seconds, 30 seconds away on the normal strategy rather than two positions away on a bonkers strategy. <laughs> I you you argued is, my point like, very well, Nigel. Thank you. <laughs> I, just, I think the thing is, like, what? The thing about the strategy is, at least then, we will kind of have a more definitive answer. If we see five races with him on the normal strategy over the next six, then we'll know a lot more. Whereas at the moment, you know, it's not. So it's a lot more subjective because we've not seen a lifelike comparison so far. We talked about this last time. Um, but yeah, yeah, Nigel, do you want to sum up your position? Yeah, on I mentioned the about he can't even get into Q3 in the mediums and stuff. I'm not going to get into that because we'll go on for another half an hour. Yeah. Personally, if I was Red Bull, I would look outside the driver program for the next two or three years. Bring in a Perez, a Hulkenberg, a Magnussen, that type of driver, and then put Gasly and Albon at Alpha Tauri to see who comes out on top. That's what I would do. That would be a mean pairing, to be fair. That would be so good. Albon and Gasly at Alpha Tauri. <laughs> I'd love to see that. This is a shootout every session. Right. I think that's enough. Albon talk for uh-huh. one day, guys. We'll talk about Monday. him on Sunday, I'm sure, you know, after he wins the race at Monza. And yes, it is Monza this weekend, the Italian Grand Prix. Freddie is very excited. It's a track he loves. Well, Fr- Freddie loves all the tracks, really, don't you? So, <laughs> yeah. What, what is it you love about Monza, Freddie? Uh, it's tethered to speed, isn't it? It's great. It's, um, it's just one of those sort of tracks with a bit of charm to it isn't it the uh, the banking in the background the the just the fact that you know these cars are just being pushed to their limit you know slow speed high speed but it has to be high speed then you've got your your retfilios your curva grandes your lesmos all of that and just yeah the history there is brilliant isn't it love it brilliant. Adam, what, what are your thoughts on the weekend ahead of Monza? Do you think uh, with no fans there, it's going to be a bit different compared to last year where the, the, where the sea of fans you know, come out onto the home street as they do after every race? 
Um, yeah, although I feel like even if there were fans, Ferrari, are, you know, <laughs> the the difference in performance with Ferrari compared to last year would kind of put a, you know, make it a bit muted anyway. Um, so I don't think we'll kind of lose out as much as we would, you know, if you didn't have fans last year when Leclerc won. Um, yeah, it will feel different, but yeah, it's still, as Freddie said, a good track on track yeah. and there are interesting storylines to follow as usual. Mm. So yeah, shall we talk about Ferrari then? It was one of the worst weekends, well, in recent F1 history at Spa. How do we feel they will go this weekend with the more of the same with this to get out of Q one or <laughs> Yeah. Uh yeah, what 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 do you think they'll do this weekend, to be honest? More of the same. Yeah. Just right. bit of a struggle, frankly. Hard to see how they can do better. Adam? Yeah, same really. <laughs> I don't I, well I Yeah, they're just they're uh, in trouble at the moment and I don't really see how they're going to change that unless they brought think... the legal engine back then you know yeah. they're going to be in trouble <laughs> I don't think they'll be as bad to be honest I know there's a lot saying oh they're the, you know, one of the slowest cars but I do think Spa was an outlier for them because they did they were okay in Spain you know compared to Spa at least I know they're still not where they wanted to be but I do expect them to be on that Spain you know Silverstone level, I guess, you know, in the mid-pack with Renault, McLaren, maybe not, well, maybe just behind, but I, I, think, I think they'll be closer, because I think the problem that Spa was, they went for a low downforce setup because of their engine is so bad, and in, their, in the mid-sector, in the corners, uh, I think Vettel said after the race, they, they weren't getting the temperatures into the tyres, so that's why they were so slow in the mid-sector as well, coupled with the... Mm. Uh, bad engine and I think with higher temperatures at Monza and everyone going with the low downforce setup I do think they would have uh, they're, they're going to be better than, than they were at Spa personally well, I think Monza Monza there's kind of more straight flat out running yeah. and like you know it was I don't know how many times Leclerc got overtaken on the Kemmel straight but it was you know it was one of I'm, the stories of the week 25 billion yeah so <laughs> there's kind of more of that, I think, which, yeah, mm. it's not going to... Yeah, I, I think Leclerc might have had a problem. I don't think it's come out on the big news, but I think I think Leclerc's engine wasn't that 100%. Uh, no, they're uh, not running enough fuel in it, are they? They're not... At his pit stops, at his second pit stop, I forget what it was, but it was some liquid... It might have been water in the engine, or... But they, they had to, like, refill the engine with something that wasn't fuel because... Is that what it was? Yeah, it was like, like a slow... Kind of, they did have some kind of issue with all the pit stops, didn't they? On, on the first yeah, pit stop... Slow. On the first pit stop, it was a tyre, but then the second one, for uh, it was like kind of... It, there wasn't a problem on any of the tyres. They were attaching, attaching something to refill it or something like that. It okay. was kind of deliberately slow because it had to be on that on the second pit stop. Oh, okay. So... Are you, do you do you both think they will fail to score points once again on Sunday? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and unless there's kind of a crazy wow. race, then yeah. Oh, okay. 
Well, because on, on pace, oh yeah, I was just going to say on pace, they won't. Okay, yeah. for once, I think I am the optimist for Ferrari. I, I do I do believe they will be better in Spa, because that Spa was an outlier for them. But well, you'll be back in Albon next. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so a team that we are expecting to do well is, of course, Renault. They got fourth and fifth. Last year's Italian Grand Prix, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Uh, and obviously, they were Daniel Ricciardo set the fastest lap of the race last uh, last week at the weekend at Spa mm-hmm. to get within I think four or five seconds of former teammate Max Verstappen. Do you think that Renault could get on the podium, and will it be a surprise if they do? No, it won't be a surprise. Yes, they probably oh. could. That's the wrong way around. It's not going to, to be a surprise. That. Not going to be a surprise if they do. Yeah, I, how, how come? Because they're fast on these kind of tracks. And do I you think, think they're going to beat Verstappen, Bottas, and Hamilton? Um, I think they could be, beat one of them if one of them okay. has any issues. I mean, <laughs> if it wasn't, they beat Red Bull last year. I can't remember any of the issues with penalties and whatnot that you normally get in Monza. But last year, if um, Ferrari wasn't there, which they won't be this year, then Ricardo would have been third, and that was that's that's that. So, hmm, I yeah. think that lends itself pretty well to a Renault, which is performing better this year on these kind of tracks than it did last year, anyway. Okay. Uh, I don't think they will. So I feel like they're still a bit inconsistent. I don't like. Mm. I feel like this. Yeah, <laughs> last weekend pessimist. was a good one. Last weekend was a good one, and then they're kind of due a bad one now. And, you know, it, I think well, it's it's two things. One that I think it, everything would have to come together for them to get it in terms of them kind of maximising probably Ricardo's race weekend. And the other is, I still think even if they do that, one of um, Verstappen, Hamilton, and Bottas would have to have a issue. And yeah, so I even yeah, I, I don't think they will. But I don't think I'd be too surprised if they did either. Oh, I think I think Mercedes are you know they're going to get one two, but I think Verstappen is vulnerable to to Ricardo and Ocon because I think in the first sector at Monza where it's just straight lined and a very slow speed chicane, then another flat out section. I think Renault could even be the fastest car there because in the low speed corners, the Renault is probably only the Mercedes is better than Renault. I think, <coughs> I think the medium and high speed corners. Is, is Renault's main weakness, and uh, at Monza, yeah, well, yeah, there are, there are quite a few medium speed cars at Monza, yes, but I think in the first sector at least, Renault will be really, really strong. So then, yeah, I think I, I think they can give Verstappen a good fight, and if Ocon is on the pace as well, uh, they can you know do something with strategy to try and outfox Max, maybe if you know Ricardo tries to undercut. Verstappen saying Ocon goes long and then tries to come back at the end. They can do something of that because he got two good drivers in the team. And yeah, I've, I've, but Verstappen hasn't hasn't had the best form at Monza. Well, Red Bull always take grid penalties, don't they? We, we don't really know how well they go because I think last year in the race, Verstappen started at the back. He had an incident, but his pace was actually okay. So it'll be interesting. To see uh, how Red Bull go with a with a clean weekend, I guess. I also want to see 
Right now, just throw in a brand new engine with Ricardo, just to throw it all in and try to get hmm. to get the podium. But yeah, that's why I think he's going to add him, uh, add him, happen. Adam Adam doesn't think that Renault will get a podium. Me and Freddie do. I think so. Yeah, that's. I think Renault can get a podium. Oh, can. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'll be a fight. But I think, I think it'll say... be interesting to see. Maybe two or three times out of ten, Renault would get a podium. You know, if you ran the race, one in five chance of Renault getting a podium. Yeah, yeah, but so Pretty I think high. it's possible. That's high. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit too high to be fair, but yeah, I, I think it's there is a possibility, but a low possibility. So right. yeah, I think it will be the normal three hundred podium. Okay, let's talk about the party mode ban, which me and Freddie ranted and rambled on about a couple of weeks ago after the Spanish Grand Prix when the news came that everyone, every driver and every team will have to use the same uh, engine mode and qualifying as they will in the race. The only exception is if they've got a reliability problem, which I'm sure the teams will definitely not fake. And the intention is that it will claw back Mercedes, but me and Freddie think it will actually do the opposite. And it will help Mercedes. Adam, what are your thoughts on it since you were you were with us a couple of weeks ago? Um, in terms of the ban itself, we don't have to go into it too much because obviously you both did. But I just don't like it at all. I think <laughs> it's like it's just such a blatant way of slowing Mercedes down on paper. And I'd like a. I don't think it will work, or I don't <laughs> think it will kind of have the desired effect. And b. Just kind of the um, uh, ideological um, thought of it kind of just slowing you know just it's a blatant way of slowing the cars down um, you know it's just not what I want to see and I think a lot of people don't want to see in F1 um, but I do wonder is this is it linked to the racing point um, scandal as well because it will harm them and Williams but you know Williams but I, I feel like a conspiracy could be that they've kind of brought in partly to um, slow down Mercedes, but also to her racing point and kind of bring in a way of slowing down them. So it's less of a problem. They're less likely to be kind of fighting up at the front, which is where the biggest problems, you know, that's what incenses Renault and Ferrari so much. And Renault have withdrawn their, I don't know if the two are connected, they're probably not, but you know, it's fun to hypothesize. Renault have withdrawn their appeal against um, Racing Point as the ban is coming in. And Renault said that it was um, the reason they've withdrawn it is because the conversations between the teams and the FIA had led to, quote, led to concrete progress in safeguarding originality. Could that actually just mean they uh, slowing Racing Point down? Who knows? I like this theory. I, like I, I really like it. I didn't think of that. That is a uh. good theory. And you know, F1 is very political behind Behind the scenes, a lot goes and on. And, yeah, and, but that is a good theory. It's interesting. Racing Point were a lot slower in Spa than many of us expected. Mm. And I, I, I believe, well, Mercedes apparently didn't even run their party mode in Spain. And I'm not sure if they didn't run it in Belgium as well. Uh, and there's rumours that Racing Point did the same at Spa. They didn't run the party mode, which is why they were so far down. So that's that was well, 
It's kind Delete. of scary in a way. <laughs> if they didn't run the party mode, yet they still got a few points. We so, don't know what party modes Renault and Honda were running and stuff like that. True, um, true. But Verstappen did was half a second away from the Mercs, and I think many was a tenth away from figure. Bottas. Oh, but yeah, a hundredth. A hundredth. Hundredth. There we are then. Yeah, hundredth away from Bottas. Yeah. So. I think, yeah, I think there's a lot to say about it being designed to clip the wings of Mercedes. Mercedes have said, actually, to be honest, it probably would make it a bit better in terms of engine mileage, in terms of we can actually run a little bit faster in the race then because we're not wearing out the engine so much in qualifying. And that's kind of fair enough, um, I think. Um, they have said also that they can just turn, they can turn it up and down, if, turn it down even if um, engine wear is going to come into it. So that would just mean yeah. that they can just run it at full spec and then say, oh, no, we need to turn it down. Ah, oh, oh, I can turn it up again. Hooray. And yeah. that's I'm just, not sure. That just seems I'm to be a bit of a loophole. Yeah. yeah, quite a blatant loophole. But I'm not sure kind of how much I buy Mercedes. I feel like they say it wouldn't affect them regardless. I don't know. I'm kind of not. Yeah, I feel like they're going to kind of be quite bullish about it regardless. I, I mean, you know, I'm not saying it won't. I'm not saying kind of either way whether I think it will, you know, um, hurt them or not. But I feel like either way, Mercedes would have come out and said this, this statement. I kind of think Mercedes seem to say every week, oh, we're the slowest car, we're the slowest car. So when they're actually saying they're the fastest car, they're going to be the fastest car. Mm. Okay. Which teams do you think will gain the most or which teams will uh, get hurt the most from this uh, change in, in, in um, regulations? Just one other thing on the loophole that they put yeah. in. I feel like that's probably to prevent a situation like Raikkonen, um, and I can't remember which race it was, um, when he was at McLaren and his tyre blew on the last lap. 2005, Nürburgring. Nürburgring. Yeah. I feel like it kind of put into stop a situation like that where they, yeah, so, so that they're not, if a driver's got engine where, you know, like, and then they, you know, could lose could lose the race. But if they turn it down, they were right. I feel like it's put in for that, so it didn't become a farce from there. Doesn't that'll be become good a though. Farce. If, if that would be good if the driver's leading, and then oh no, I can't turn my engine down, and then his tire, and then his engine bolt. That'll be exciting. If you're going to fit Lewis or Bottas, but if it's like Daniel Ricciardo this weekend yeah, when he's winning, if it's Verstappen or Ricciardo, then people are going to go nuts at the FIA for it. So well, yeah, it works. And Nicholas well, Latifi it? is mm. leading the Ferrari Italia 1000 Tuscan Grand Prix. Yeah, well, with, you know, like, I don't know. With, with with one lap to go. Yeah, and his his Mercedes engine, which has been running at full quali mode, <laughs> <laughs> explodes, <laughs> completely destroying the back end of his car. Everyone would be like, "No, and the back end of Italy." The back end of Italy. Yeah, everyone be like, no, Poor Latifi. Sorry, Nigel. I didn't answer your question all there. Huh? <laughs> I think Nigel, Williams I will be the most hurt. There. Yeah, I think Williams will be the most hurt. Them yeah. racing point. All right, so the Mercedes engine guys will be hurt the most, you think. So then, who's going to gain the most? Haas and Alfa Romeo. Yeah. This is where well, my Ferrari, Ferrari theory engine. comes in. This is why I think Ferrari will do better. I like <laughs> that. FIA stand for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what does it actually stand for? Federation Ferrari, International, it's an international, international Assistant. Assistant. No. 
What does it Federation actually Federation de Internacional Automobile. I, I didn't actually know what it actually Ooh. stood for. <laughs> but I quite liked. I quite liked when it came in and the Ferrari drivers were kind of like, well, we don't really have a party mode, so you know, doesn't really affect. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. But um, yeah, I feel like they'll gain the most. They'll still be. It, it won't do enough. You know, anywhere near enough for a power circuit like Monza to get Ferrari. You know, anywhere near kind of the top five or whatever, I think. But you know, they'll gain the most. Okay. In yeah. terms of racing, do you think this ban? Is going to help it, or is it going to create more drama and excitement, or or not? I don't really know. I don't really know whether they're going to really still have like an overtake push button, like they do with their kind of curse system. So I think they are. You can't change it though, can you? So that's the thing. So is it going to be just a bit more like? Really depends on what engine modes people run. I mean, it's just going to be the same, isn't it? Isn't it the like ERS energy they can still? Yeah, but, um, in terms of like the strap modes, like strap mode two, strap mode eight. Oh, yeah, they can't. Like that. That. If, if they yeah. can't, if they can't change that, then how can you attack and stuff? That's my main well, concern, just, you know, especially in the DRS. It's more be, pure. It's like a kart race. Yeah, yes, DRS, but you also use no, DRS. Oh, ERS. Yeah, also DRS. Yeah, it, they can use yeah. that as their kind of overtake mode. Everyone will have a similar. Thing they want to use it at the same part of the track, though, because the teams will, you know, you mm. do simulations to find the optimum uh, areas to deploy it and program it. And stuff, yeah, I, think. Well, I guess that just depends on the two drivers, kind of how well matched they are. But you know, if 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 you've got a, you know, especially with Monza with so many straights, then if you've got a faster car, then you're going to force your rival into using more of his ERS in kind of places where perhaps you don't need to. I think there will be ways ways around it, especially on a track like Monza, kind of maybe Mugello, where there's not so many overtaking opportunities. It's just kind of the home straight, really. I think it will be mm. more of a problem there than Imola, maybe. All right. I, I do worry that the racing might not be as good as usual with this. And that is the one. Well, it's so good normally. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see it. Even I'm worse than <laughs> I'm interested to see it in play because, like, it, it is a potential shake-up, and yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, I'm not going to get my hopes up for anything, obviously, because yeah. you never do that in Formula One. That's just not what you do. But it's a bit. I like, yeah. I mean, it could do something. I don't really think it will have any difference to the racing, if I'm honest. Because, um, however fast the cars are, is however fast the cars are when they race anyway. So. I don't really think that's going to have too much of a difference. I mean, if one person's turning up, the person in front's going to turn it up, as Adam says. So that's just not a thing anymore. So that's it. If you're going to be close on track, you're going to be racing, end of. And that's it. That's all I can really think of to say to that. Mm, I'm not sure. Because uh, I do think... I don't know if we're reading you know, too much into it by discussing the racing anyway. Yeah. True. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. It, it, it's an interesting rule change, seven rounds in and... It could, well, yeah. I, I don't really know what to say about it more than that. Uh, yeah, well, like like you said, really, I'm not hopeful. I guess that, that it's going to improve the show. Uh, there was news at on Tuesday, wasn't there, that the Turkish Grand Prix is going to sell three pound tickets. So who's going? Me. Adam. Who's going? <laughs> uh, yeah. Why? It's an aspiration. So you've got to 
just to clarify about it, it's not like they haven't been confirmed by this at all. Like, um, they want they want to sell tickets that are an equivalent price of three pounds and have an audience of a hundred thousand, which is, oh. as on the face of it, kind of irresponsible. So, I would say that that's probably going to be vetoed by the by the by Formula One and the FIA. I think it's come out from the Turkish promoters that they want to do this. They think they can do this. It's going to be back in November. So they're a bit like, oh, we can potentially do this. But when you're looking at the limited tickets they've got going on at the moment, I mean, what Magella's going to have about 2,000 people there. Um, yeah. I think it'd probably be, I don't know what they're doing for Estoril or Sochi. I think they're going to going for a few thousand as well. Yeah, I think Sochi's 30,000, is it? Or is it well, yeah, we won't really I'm not know. Sure. Yeah. Then we won't really have any confirmation on this for a good month Russia, or so. Russia, isn't it? Yeah, it's Russia. That's where Sochi is. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's a bit... Eh, it's a bit uncomfortable to hear it touted, but I don't think it will happen. Okay, yeah. I hope it yeah. doesn't. God. Mm. That, that was... Uh, oh, yeah, Adam. I feel like F1 lose more by having a COVID outbreak following one of their races than they'd gain by having a few thousand fans in. So I feel like in terms of the risk reward for that, it's a lot more weighted towards the risk. Definitely agree with that. And and F1 has done a fantastic job in the seven races so far. You know, I think there was a lot of scepticism that the F1 shouldn't return because it's an international sport and it has 4,000 people and they fly around Europe and stuff. But, you know, from what it's been really good so far, and only a handful of people have tested positive. International uh, sport has followed suit, haven't they? You've got mm. Champions League happened, US Open's happening now, cricket came back after F1 did. Yeah. So, F1's led the way and it's done well. Yeah, definitely. All right, shall we do a quiz? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it then, I guess. We've got 10 questions as usual. It's Freddie versus Adam. I think Freddie has won three times the quiz, or is it four? Three or four. Anyway, he's leading. Adam has won just once, but he beat me, so that was good. Uh, That was a while ago now. But can he win today? That's the crucial thing. Uh, Yes. Let's let's get the the first question. Uh, Shout your name out if you know the answer. To the question, what? No, sorry. How many corners are there at Monza? No one knows. <laughs> Adam. 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 Eleven. Oh, it's the right answer. Yeah, it is. I just corners. worked it out. As <laughs> <laughs> so I was on the parabolic, I was like eleven. Oh, 11. <laughs> oh that's one point two. Adam, the four-to-one Italian Grand Prix has been held at Monza at every for every season, apart from one year. Which year was that? Freddie. Freddie. Nineteen eighty. It was nineteen eighty. Was it Imola? It was Imola. But you only get one point. Ah. <laughs> so it's one-one. Uh, question three: How many times has an Italian driver won at Monza? Are we talking just world championships? So since yeah, F1 world championship races. Include yeah, blank pan everything, yeah. 
<laughs> F1 World Champion, F1 World Championship races. So since oh, we're doing closest wins, Freddie. Yeah, yeah, closest wins, Freddie. Once, once. Well, that's <laughs> Adam. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I could just say two. I'll go five. Yeah, it's four. It's four. So ah, Adam's got well, the last time. Arena. Yeah, Scarfiotti. Oh no. So, yeah, Scaffiotti. Scaffiotti. In 1966, he was the last Italian winner. Did Bandini so, do Italian... it? No, just those okay. three drivers we we mentioned. Mm. Yeah. I'm always kind of amazed, generally, uh, given how F1 is kind of thought of as a well, not thought of, but like Italy's one of the main F1 countries. At how few drivers there've been. Yeah, so that's, that's a good point. Like, Recently, before, definitely. Yeah, before Giovinazzi. Well. Yeah, before Giovinazzi, it was oh, truly Luzzi, maybe. Oh, truly or Fisichella. Truly or Fisichella. Yeah. 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 Not many. Not, not many. It's, uh, question four is: Sebastian Vettel won his first F1 race at Monza in which year? Adam. Adam. Two thousand and eight. It was 2008, and Freddie definitely didn't know that one before the quiz. I didn't know uh, that yeah. was coming, no. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess the question. Every day, Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's two, two, no, it's 3 1 to yeah. Adam so far. Uh, question five Who holds the qualifying lap record at Monza? Freddie. Freddie. Yeah. Give me Raikkonen. It is Kimi Raikkonen in 2018. And question six follows on from that. Closest wins. What was the average speed of the lap Raikkonen did in that year? Freddie. Freddie. 168 miles an hour. 168 miles an hour. Adam? 169. <laughs> it's 163.785. Oh. Five miles per hour. That's very, very quick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the fastest lap in F1 history because uh, last year it wasn't broken because of the qualifying fast thing. You know what the oh yeah yeah yeah. But mm. yeah, it could be broken this weekend though. We'll find out. Question mm. seven is: How many times has Max Verstappen been on the podium at Monza? Freddie Adam. Oh, I think Freddie was just quickest there. Uh, he hasn't. That's the right answer. Yeah. That would have been my guess. Oh, my oh, oh. He got a five-second penalty once for biffing Bottas out of the way. That's right. Yeah, 2018, I think that was. I think it was, yeah. yeah. It's 4-3 to Freddie with three questions to go. I haven't got a tie-break question, so hopefully someone <laughs> can win. <laughs> question eight is... How many times has the pole sitter led after the first lap this season? Oh, this season? This season, yeah. 2020. Adam. Adam. Seven? Yes, it's seven from <laughs> yeah. seven. Every time. Yeah, I, I find that amazing, really. Because mm. if, you, if you look at other seasons, seasons, I'm guessing second or third place would have led after lap one, you know, after seven races. Mm. I find that Bizarre. Yeah. Well, that continue on Sunday. So it's mm. 4-4. <laughs> Question 9 is how many times 
has Brazilian Rubens Barrichello, or Kello, depending on how you pronounce it, won the Italian Grand Prix. Oh, Freddie. Freddie. Twice. That's the wrong answer. Damn it. Adam. Uh, I'll go three. That's the right answer. Ah, oh. he has. Last Did he in win 2009. Yeah, he yeah won for Braun in 2009 and twice for Ferrari. It is 5-4 to Adam as we go into the final question, which might not be the final question. If we <laughs> can get it right, we will see. Here we go. Final question. What was significant about qualifying at the 2017 Italian Grand Prix? Ready. Ready. It was soaking wet and it went on for like an hour and a half. And not the answer I'm looking for. Lance Stroll started on the front row, and Esteban Ocon was third. Well, it cut out a bit before before the Lance Stroll. What, what did he Lance say? Stroll was second, Esteban Ocon was third because it was really wet, and everyone had penalties, and pretty much everyone had penalties. There's so much to it. It's a vague question. Yeah, that's right, but that's not what I'm looking for. Well, go away. <laughs> All right, that was significant. <laughs> so what was most significant? Jolene Palmer was in it. Ferrari pole. No, no, it wasn't the Ferrari 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 Miles. I don't know. Ferrari went really into Q2. I can't remember, though. No, they were like 7th or 8th. I can't remember. Oh. It was something know. to do... Uh, if I say this, it will give it away. It was oh, Grosjean crashed a... in Q1. No, ah. it was something to do with a record. Oh, oh is that where oh, Hamilton um, became most yeah. pole positions? Yeah. I thought it was... I was going to say that when I called my buzzer. But, you know, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was... Lewis Hamilton breaking Michael Schumacher's pole record and yeah, at Monza. I think people forget that people forget that because I think people think it was Canada for some reason. I think it no, was Senna's record. Yeah. So but it was oh, I thought it was Sparks. I saw a thing on Twitter the other day where they made a big deal out of it. <laughs> oh, I think he might have equaled it there or something. That makes sense, yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna have to find a tie break question now. I really should have come just, Yeah, it was just a vague say. question. No, the, Freddie just shouted out the answer. I did my buzzer. And yeah, but I was done buzzers by then. Painful. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd listed so, out the entire day in Italy. You didn't give the right bit, and that's what's most important. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> give me and a number. Mean... Here, I'll, I'll give you a question. Give me a number. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do here. Go on, go on. Give me a number. Uh, seven. Wrong. The answer was nine. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was significant. Not strong qualified in the front row. You know, because of this, I'm not going to give Freddie the point. So I'm going to let Adam win this quiz because because oh, of the attitude from Freddie. The attitude. The attitude. Write a question that works. Look at this. Look at this. This is disgraceful. Yeah. I think I'm going to give Adam the, the laziest tiebreak question I've ever seen. You'd be thrown off with <laughs> using the referee in uh, in motorsport. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm going to give Adam the win, so it's five oh, four good, to good. Adam. So which means he gets his second win of the quiz. Freddie is very, very, very better. <laughs> I still think you didn't buzz for the last for when you said your answer. That's you a know. very good point as well, Adam. You, I, know. I you didn't rules, say it technically, Adam. To be fair, so if I buzz now, <laughs> yeah, Freddie, poll so. for Hamilton record. <laughs> There we go. I buzzed and said. Well, no, I've still not said my answer. I buzzed. Didn't give an answer because you did. So, 
I think we're losing <laughs> viewers, so yeah, we're just going to have to give Adam the win, unfortunately. Thank you. Uh, come back next week for another quiz where I'm sure whoever is setting it is going to give me a tough time. Because... No, I, no. Okay. Oh, no, it's Adam, so he might... going to be on Wigan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't know anything about Mugello. God. <laughs> yeah. uh, In the 1997 MotoGP race. <laughs> Let's finish off with some predictions then for the weekend. Do we think in qualifying we're going to see a repeat of the slipstream fiasco that we saw last year? I hope so. It was hilarious. <laughs> I quite liked it. I the did as race. well. It happened in Formula E as well in Berlin. Yeah. It was brilliant. And um, yeah. it happened at the start of it. So the four champions of Formula E started at the back of the grid. It was brilliant. I mean, that won't happen yeah. in Formula One, but... <laughs> Because, yeah, yeah. but I, th- I find it fascinating. We, we saw a bit at Spa as well in qualifying, I think, with Ocon. You went really slow, yeah, back to Ricardo at one point. They had about so, four minutes to get around or three minutes to get around yeah. there rather than leaving it yeah. to we've got basically a flying lapse worth of time to get around, yeah. And so, then only, I mean, everyone was being underhand there, it was quite funny. Mm. So, we'll was it Hulkenberg who skipped the chicane? Yeah, I think it was but, Stroll uh, as well. Stroll did something as well, yeah. really quite naughty. It's like, oh, oh no, I've missed the chicane. Yeah, it's got to go really slowly. Yeah. I'm looking forward to qualifying this <laughs> weekend, just for that, and to see how everyone does on the outlaps and how slow they're going to go to not be first, which is very strange. Do we also think, as mentioned in the quiz, uh, Kimi Raikkonen's lap record? The fastest lap ever in F1 history. Do you, do we think that's gonna go this weekend? No, 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 no party modes. Yeah, ah, that's a good and Mercedes, point, Mercedes, very low drag setup wasn't very good because they didn't run it at Spa. They didn't like running it. Mm. So we should have mentioned that much earlier in the podcast. That's quite interesting. Yeah, that isn't. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think I don't think it will go because with last year it was close. And I think they would have done it without the fiasco at the end of Q3. So I do think it will go. That was with an illegal engine with Ferrari as well, though, in last year. So true. Probably would have been a double a slam dunk last year. I think Hamilton was only a tenth off in qualifying, though, wasn't he? Or was that the year before? I'm not sure. We're rambling. Yeah, we are. Who do we think, if the record does go, who do we think is going to be on pole and get the race win? This boring Hamilton, question. Hamilton, Hamilton. Ready? Hamilton, Hamilton. Hamilton, Hamilton. It's going to be a Hamilton weekend. Yeah, that's what... Another one. That's, 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 that's the conclusion. Maybe Bottas, actually. I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah. <Who knows? laughs> Bottas doesn't go well round Monza, does he? I don't think. Compared to other tracks. Did it right in Williams, I think, from memory. Can't really remember. Yeah. All right then. Uh, before we yep. go, is there anything that you two want to talk about? F one related, of course, because it's an F one podcast. Oh, F one related. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'd just like to point out because it occurred to me the other day that last year Ferrari had an illegal car and still didn't win the championship. Like, how embarrassing is that? That you have an illegal engine. You have to rub it in, Adam. And I think. I think we are. <laughs> and you're still like not, and not even near. I don't know, like when Leclerc fell out of contention for the championship, but 
yeah, just kind of that occurred to me the other day, and I thought, <laughs> that's really poor. You know, if it you're going to at least win, and they didn't. Uh, they got the most pole positions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That, that's great, isn't it? You that's do. A, it's a great end to the podcast. The most championship, though. No, they, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we all know that Adam hates Ferrari as much as I dislike Albon, even though I don't dislike Albon. That Not is. As much as that. And that that is the end of the episode. We will. We is will it? Be back <laughs> after the Italian Grand Prix to rant and ramble about what hopefully is a classic. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye.